Welcome to the Hockey Writers Prospect Corner, a show with our top prospects writing crew, bringing you the latest news, analysis, scouting reports, mocks, rankings, and much more. From the world juniors to the NHL draft floor, from the farm to the NHL, our team covers everything that happens in the world of prospects. So sit back, grab a notebook, and get ready for Prospect Corner. Prospect Corner. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Prospect Corner presented by the Hockey Raiders. Today, we're going to be taking a look at the latest draft rankings for the 2024 NHL draft from our very own Peter Barracchini. I am your host, Logan Horn, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts and fellow prospect analysts, Matthew Zator and Peter Barracchini. How are you doing today, Matt? Doing good. We're right in the thick of uh, preseason now. I, you mm-hmm. know, a few games have been played. They've got the Australia Global Series, Global series is, is wrapping up, and yeah, hockey's back. And uh, already saw a Logan Cooley, probably goal of the year already. <laughs> that was amazing. Um yeah. But yeah, well, if that's a sign of things to come, we're we're going to be in for an exciting season uh, coming up. Yeah, we're we're going to have lots to talk about here, not just with like today's episode, like future drafts, but also all the drafted prospects and the the Calder Trophy race and everything this year is going to be. I mean, we're pretty spoiled. I think it's going to be pretty fun. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. Uh, Peter, how are you doing? Doing good. Like Matt said, you know, hockey's already here, even though it's preseason, you know, it's still exciting. And yeah, it's been a very hectic, what is it, last 24 hours or so. So you know what? Unfortunately, I haven't been able to watch the Global Series because, you know, time difference or whatever. But you know what? Mm -hmm. Seeing the highlights of everything is just absolutely phenomenal at this point. Yeah, it's been a ton of fun. It's it's always cool to see uh, NHL hockey, even just preseason action. Um, outside of typical North American markets. Um, and Australia is just such a cool choice. Um, hopefully help grow the game there a little bit. And who knows, maybe we'll see some uh, we'll see some fruits from this 10, 20 years from now or something like that. Or maybe they'll have to continue it before that happens. But, <laughs> but you never know. Um, so yeah, that's great. I'm I'm looking forward to all that stuff too. Preseason is really kicking off now. The regular season is not far away. Most um, most leagues are about to start their regular seasons, so we'll have a lot of league play to talk about pretty soon for a lot of these players, but we don't have that yet for most of them. So instead, we're going to go into, Peter, we're going to go into your latest draft rankings for the 2024 draft. Uh, those came out just this past week as we're recording, um, and yeah, I just want to dig right into these. So uh, obviously, we've got kind of the same names at the top, which... You know, everyone has those names up unless you're a contrarian who just wants attention. Um, but uh, walk us through your top five right now. Um, I mean, the top two or three names, maybe we don't need to spend too much time on. But uh, but walk us through what you've got in the top five so far. Yeah, my top five starting at one is Macklin Celebrini. He's the top one at this point. Cole Iserman, two. Uh, Ivan Demidov surprisingly at three, even though I was contemplating putting him second, and this is going to be a tight race itself. Uh, Sam Dickinson from the London Knights at four, and Artem Lefshunov, uh, from Michigan State at number five. Nice. So you got a bit of a bit of a variety. You got two defensemen. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious. So, so what made you pick Eisman over Demidov right now? I know you've gone back and forth. I think your your early one in the middle of the summer. 
uh, your first like first dive into this draft. I think if I'm not mistaken, you had Demidov second. It was still Eiserman and Demidov. Oh, it was. Yeah, okay. it, it was still that. But yeah, yeah. Um, again, even like when Bob McKenzie released his top sixteen, it's like that one, two, three right now. It's like a three yeah. horse race at this point because they're all a different type of player. Eiserman with a shot and, you know, scoring abilities. Demidov is like a very dynamic, very skilled with the puck, um, very, you know, crafty and creative. And he plays at such a high level pace. And Celebrini, obviously he's injured, but we see what we what he's able to do at international tournaments. He probably would have lit up the Helenka Gretzky if he was healthy. Mm-hmm. But it's just like at this point, there's merit to having Demidov above Iserman at this point, even if he continues to impress or when, if he gets more ice time or cause you know, in the KHL, it is difficult for, you know, rookie skaters to get that type of action. Um, if he's able to elevate his play and if he gets sent down and he's like scoring at like a two point per game pace, maybe, yeah, he probably rises up, but it's very, very close between all three. If it's basically one, a one B one C because you don't know where things are going to end up throughout the year. Cause things could change. Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of room for, for change. I mean, nothing's, nothing's set in stone, especially like you mentioned, um, we we don't get to see Celebrini yet. Um, we won't see him for a little bit here. And even then, he's just going to be recovering from an injury. So if he has a slow start, that's not the worst thing in the world. It'd be pretty understandable. But but yeah, it does feel like this is the top three. Uh, just kind of just wait and see what happens to the top three. But um, but Matt, what are your what are your thoughts on the top five here? Um, and also, I'm just curious, is Celebrini your number one right now? And if so, like, how big is that gap? I'm just curious. Oh, I like the top five. Um, you know, a lot of these names, like Cole Eiserman has been one of our top guys for a while. I'm not mm-hmm. Celebrini, of course. Um, but yeah, he, I'd say Celebrini is probably my number one as well. I mean, he's, like we said, I haven't seen him this season yet, but I think we've seen enough of him to kind of say, yeah, he's the number one. Um, we'll see how he does in the NCAA. Because, you know, it is a different type of league. Like we said, the different, you know, higher end players are playing against um, stronger players. And But if he can do what Adam Fantilli did last season, I think it's going to he'll be fine. Um, not not to put that much pressure on him because Fantilli had an amazing season um, in the NCAA last year. But um, I think he's capable of doing it. He's going to be on a great team as well. So, I mean, you know, I wouldn't put it past him, but I wouldn't expect it. I mean, if he doesn't do it, it's like, okay, he shouldn't be the number one. But got a ton of skill. He's definitely my uh, first overall. Uh, Eisman, I would still, I would put two. And Demidov, even though he's been kind of up and down with ice time this season to start, mm-hmm. that's kind of frustrating to see because, yeah. uh, you know, and Scott St. Petersburg has been uh, notorious for that. Had to go through with Vasily Podkolzin. Uh, Doing quite that with a Mitchkov bit. again. Mitchkov as well. Um, mm-hmm. Seems like they don't like young players. They don't want to play them. Um, they, mm-hmm. Even though they're super skilled and probably will give them a good, great chance to win games, they don't seem to want to give them that ice time. And if they do, it's only like for one or two games and then they're back to their um, normal, um, very little yeah. ice time. So it's frustrating to see Demidov. And when he does come in, he looks really good. That's all I mean. Why can't you play him more? But whatever. I uh, yeah, but he would still be my number three. 
And uh, yeah, those two defensemen are probably the top two defensemen for me as well. So, um, you know, it's not fun. It's not fun to have no debates here, but I, I, right. I, I can't disagree. I think they're there and there as well. That's totally fair. I am. Um... Oh, it's a it's a tough group to analyze. I mean, I'll I'll start with uh, Celebrini as well myself. Um, there's there's room for movement here. Like I think uh, I think it's reasonable to think he could have like a maybe like a Matty Beneers level like NCAA um, draft year where he's like a point per game, and that's good. But it probably won't be enough to keep him at first overall. If that's all he does, it might be because he's very good and he's a center. Um, but then the range from that to like an Adam Fantilli, like 1.6 points or whatever he had 1.7 per game. Um, that's a, that's a significant range. And if he's closer to the Fantilli side, then I feel like he's going to run away with it. Um, just with the position and the way he plays is a lot safer projects as an NHL center, which Demidov and Iserman do not. So I think that's huge value. Iserman and Demidov, I I agree with you guys. Those are those are my two three, almost interchangeable. But um, until we get to actually watch Demidov play a little more, it's hard to hard to put him above Iserman, who's very early on, but he's he's lighting it up for the NTDP so far to start the year. I think he has seven points in four games or something, which is nuts. Uh, he's, I mean, we knew he was going to do that anyway, but um, I'm sure those numbers will only get more ridiculous. And let's not forget I, about the Russian factor too, mm-hmm. which yeah, is absolutely. why That's... Demidov may not even go number one anyways, but skill set is definitely evident. Sure. Yeah, that, that will still be a factor. Um, hopefully it, it some stuff can change in the world and we can mm-hmm. kind of start to to peel that back again. Um, but currently it's unlikely that even if he was the the right pick uh, talent wise that he'd go first. Also, though, when you have great centers and defensemen, it's not common. You see a winger go first overall in, yeah. in today's NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree that the rest of your top five is real solid. I, I can't really argue against those guys. I, I might have Berkeley Catton in my top five. Yeah, he's he's definitely not in that top group of those top three forwards. But the next I, tier, he's the, the top of the next one. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. be shocked if he could kind of rise up a little bit with a good draft year. Um, but as of now, he's, yeah, he's not there. Um, yeah, no one else had to really argue goes in the top five. So I think, I think we're, we're roughly in agreement here. Um, so Peter, I've got a different question for you then. Um, who from throughout the rest of your list or someone who maybe didn't even make it, um, who do you think has the best chance of rising up significantly by the time of the draft? Obviously we have people that will come out of the woodworks that you've never heard of at this point in time who mm-hmm. go in the top. 20 probably but who, who's someone that you're aware of that uh that you think has a good chance to impress you enough to to really kick themselves up the list um well we t- i talked about him after the helenka gretzky cup and that's kaden lindstrom i have him 19th so he is in my top 20 and two games played already he already has three points obviously it's not cole weiserman's seven and four or seven and three but, you know, he is a very dynamic type of player. Like, he's got the size, the skill, the speed, the work ethic, and the offensive prowess that he has every single time he has a puck. Like, he's just very dominant. And, you know, again, he is in my top 20, but this is a player that I think could rise up into the top 15 at some point because he, I'm a big fan of his then, and I'm still a big fan of his right now. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's if you can kind of just pick anyone on the list, really, because we we know so little about their draft years at this point because most of them haven't even started. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Matt, are are there any any guys on this list that you think could could surprise some people and rise up a bit? Yeah, I mean, it's very early on, but uh, one guy that's kind of caught my eye is a Michael Hage uh, from or Hag. What? How did the? How, I don't know how his name, but uh, um, he from the Chicago Steel. He's he was impressive in the preseason. Uh, one clip I saw on Twitter was that uh, like Deke Duran guy picked the puck up in front of him and just snapped a quick mm-hmm. shot up up uh, top of the net. So, I mean, his his wrist shot is already looking. Um, you know, I, I hate saying NHL ready because I, I mean, a lot of these, <laughs> but it Rarely, looks really good actually. But yeah, um, yeah I, he kind of uh, jumped off the page a bit. I know he he's, is on your list, uh, Peter at 20, but I think he could uh, rise up a bit, especially if he keeps showing that uh, throughout the regular season as well. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy that kind of stood out to me. Another guy we'll talk about uh, a little later um, is uh, Trevor Connolly, and he's uh, he, again really stood out quite a bit. I don't want to give away our our thing later on, but mm-hmm. uh, I really stood out with his skill on the ice and very good on the power play. Um, really stood. He's not on your list, uh, Peter, right now in the top thirty-two, but I think he could eventually uh, rise up, especially if you keep doing that and uh, can clean up what what we'll talk about later on. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, those two guys for sure. But like, you know, already Tanner Howe as well. I mean, a lot of these guys can move around, but uh, those are kind of uh, early on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for people that are going to rise, I've got uh, someone that stands out to me is Emil Hemming, who has mm-hmm. been off to just an insane start in the top junior league in Finland, like two points per game. And then he's played, I think, just two Liga games as we're recording this. Um, and he has two goals. <laughs> uh, he's got a great shot. Um, and if he can, you know, maybe have a uh, Joachim Kamel type draft year in Finland where he comes out of nowhere, but then actually just just turns it out in in uh, in Liga, then, you know, we could be talking about him a lot more soon. But also, um, uh, Peter, you're on my favorite, Caden Lindstrom and his and his buddy, Andrew Basha over with the Medicine Hat Tigers. Yeah. Um I feel like both of them, but, but Lindstrom, especially he's just got that NHL frame that, you know, teams are going to be obsessed with. Mm -hmm. Um, He could be someone who maybe gets drafted higher than people expect. If people still underestimate him by the time the draft comes around, which would be insane, but um, tons of skill, great shot, huge, strong forward already. Um, So uh, I think he's someone that'll continue to rise in a lot of cases Um, before we, yeah. Okay. So uh, Peter, are there anyone, are there any players on this list that you think might go the other direction that that you would be willing to slide down, maybe something like that? Yeah, um, as much talk of it as there has been heading into this draft, I think Evan uh, Aaron Kivi Haru might be one that could probably drop a little bit more, and yep. it's not because of his hockey sense and his awareness and his ability to move the play. It's just overall upside and consistency because I know that there were some struggles, but he's still smart with the puck. And that's why he's just hanging on to that number 10 spot. But it Mm -hmm. wouldn't surprise me if other players are very consistent in having that all around game, showing those smarts and being productive, especially the defenders, too, because it's very possible that 
Zane Perek could move up into that top 10. He could probably bump him down. Anton Selyev, uh, another name that came out of nowhere, Cole Hudson, if he's able to round out his defensive game, maybe he challenges to get into the top 10 again. Uh, like I had in my early top 32 or top 16. Um, but yeah, I, I think Kivi Haru is one name that's going to be very... Um, not necessarily polarizing in a bad sense, but where he's going to end up, I think it's going to be the big question because if other players are playing well, he definitely could drop if the offensive production isn't there. But again, you can't deny his smarts. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to be an interesting one to watch. Um, We see it every once in a while where you have a player who has been talked about so much for so long in the prospect world that it's hard to you know, kind of, it's hard to ignore them. It's hard to like lower them in your rankings, maybe in Mm -hmm. this case. Um, But sometimes they deserve it. And you kind of get the opposite sometimes as well, where we talk about someone for so long that you start to like talk yourself out of them being the best prospect. Like we saw that a little bit with Shane Wright. I wouldn't say that was wrong necessarily, but you know, we could see that sometimes with Shane Wright in his draft year, but here it seems like we're getting like, uh, is he that great or have we just heard his name for so long that we mm-hmm. think he's that great? So we've got to hopefully we get a better sense of that throughout this year. I'm sure we will. Um, uh, someone who I think could drop. I have him in a similar range as you, Peter, but uh, Tanner Howe of the Regina yeah. Pats. He's someone who I'm trying to just keep him in a neutral position for now because he, he has shown a lot and he spent a lot of time last year away from Connor Bedard and was an effective player. Um, but we need to see that he can do it on a team without Bedard. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's still a really rough team now without Bedard, but um, you know, there's still a lot to work with. There's still a few good players, and how should be one of them. Um, I'm trying to leave him in a neutral spot personally, <laughs> but if he if he sh- if he wants to even just stay there, he's gonna have to play really well. Um, and I I'm quite ready to to steadily decrease his ranking if it just isn't quite clicking i have no idea what to expect from him mm-hmm. um i mean i know i can expect him to work real hard and, and to still probably be the best offensive player for the pats but but there's a difference between being the best player for the pats and being a top 16 yeah. top 20 pick so we'll see yeah. um matt anyone anyone that sticks out to you that you think could start to slide down I'll say Anton Siliev because uh, he's off to such a great start that you kind of be blinded by it and say, well, he's such a great, he's going to be a great defenseman. But Mm -hmm. uh, if he falls off, like, like, you know, we've talked off air about this and Mm -hmm. if he falls off and, and starts going back to more of, um, you know, is it sustainable is the biggest thing. Is this Mm -hmm. six points in eight games sustainable over a full season? We'll see, especially on a a KHL team. Uh, You know, you don't know how much ice time he's going to get. I mean, he's getting pretty, he's getting pretty decent amount right now, but that can fall off pretty quickly, um, especially if he starts not producing and they'll start seeing, okay, we're going to drop him down. But uh, very impressive right now, but I think he could definitely be a guy that could uh, drop, especially if his production doesn't, as much but i mean his package even if you look at it six foot seven 207 pounds big guy i mean he's not even in his full frame yet and that you know if he hits yeah. the nhl at that size geez i mean that that's going to be mm-hmm. insane but that's way down the road but yeah i think he could definitely drop from i mean you have him at 14 sure. peter but yeah um he could drop into the lower end of the first round i think he could still be a first round pick 
even if his his production does because everyone loves big big strong defenders yeah that can skate right Mm -hmm. he can skate too which Mm -hmm. um we know how some even guys that can't skate like maverick lamaru he goes in the first round and he's not the best skater so but he's big so it's like even that but there again so yeah he he's a he's a guy um i think that's the guy that really stands out for me right now um Mm -hmm. you could see a Again, this movement movement is going to happen, but uh, he's definitely stands out for me. And that's why that's I didn't a, have him yeah. in my top 10. Like, sure. you know, be, even though he has popped off, it's in that middle ground area where he's like middle of the pack. But let's see more of what he can yeah. do before we say, OK, yeah, he's definitely worth being a top 10 pick. Yeah, it's it's really early in the draft year. So, you know, someone coming out of the gate that you've never heard of scoring four points in four games, six and eight games um, in such a good league. It's easy to overcorrect and be like, I didn't have him. And now he's doing stuff that you would expect from like maybe a top two or top three pick genuinely. Um, and so it's easy to overcorrect a little. So I, th- I think you probably uh, have the right uh, methodology there, Peter, of trying to just find a an even ground where he can slowly move up or down, depending. Because I actually agree with you, Matt. It feels like his like the floor for him at this point, unless he just falls apart, is probably still a first rounder, just because of what NHL teams want. But I'm going to say it right now: um, if he can score even like close, like a little bit under half a point per game in the KHL this year, like maybe even just like a third of a point per game, like first overall, like, mm-hmm. I don't know that I would take him first overall, but he's going to go first overall if he can do that because mm-hmm. six foot seven skates well defends. Mm-hmm. Okay. For a 17 year old, he's, he defends really well considering he's playing like 18 minutes in the KHL every night. Uh, but if he can score like that, he's going to go very, very high. Well, you know, he'll have to prove he can now. So he's got time to prove it. Um, I guess we already answered this question, but Matt, I'll come to you. Is there anyone you think is maybe a little overrated already in the draft process? I guess Anton Ziliev, maybe. <laughs> yeah, too he, far. He, he's the guy that uh, mm-hmm. that you know comes out already. I mean, that's fair. I don't really see anyone else that's being overrated. I mean, uh, sure. especially on the list that Peter put out here, and I mean, they're all kind of falling into where I would probably put them. Ziliev, maybe a little lower for me, just just looking at will he stay there, but. Um, yeah, his skill set really still puts him in that range. Um, but mm. I think he may be a little overrated. I think maybe in the twenties is where I maybe throw him, but, uh, yeah, very early on. I, I don't really overrated kind of is to say that early Yeah, it's on. a hard <laughs> word to do. People have to be rated before they can be overrated yeah. and underrated. Yeah. So maybe that'll be an easier question to answer later in the year. Um, yeah. someone I'll say. And I, I'm so sorry, Matt, plug your ears. Um, uh, not on your list, Peter, but just in general, uh, Cole Hudson, I think, is getting a little more attention than than he... Mm-hmm. I think people are setting themselves up for disappointment. Again, he's probably going to be drafted earlier than Lane was just because yeah. Lane has kind of paved the way, showing that it, it can work, at very least in college hockey. Um, not quite the pros yet. If If Lane was in the AHL this year and he does great then who knows? Maybe Cole can go even higher up. I do think Cole is a slightly better um, skater, which is a big deal because both of them are great skaters. <laughs> I think he's going to be a good player. Um, I just, I don't, I've seen some people talking about him as if he's a top five talent and then he'll go in like the top 10, top 16. And I don't, 
I don't know that I see that yet. He's very mm-hmm. talented. Um, it's just you really have to show me that you can do it in the NHL at that size. It's just I I can't believe it until I see it. I I want to believe it, but at this point, I think I think he's getting a little too much acclaim for such a like remote possibility that he would be that successful in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be completely wrong, and I'd love that because um, it's easy it's easy to root for for players who are exceptions rather than just the the standard. So um, I hope it works out. But for now, he he seems like he's getting a little more attention. Um, than than I have been giving him, I guess. Um, Peter, anyone stand out to you in this this draft so far that, that you think might be a little overrated already? Yeah, you guys mentioned the two already that seem to be getting a lot of hype, um, but still a lot of uncertainty. And you know what? I'm going to say, again, I, ha- I kind of have him in my top 10, Adam Yerichek, because there's still a little bit of that raw defensive game but he's in that similar path that David Yerichek has, and he could very well, you know, match his type of presence and his skill set um, at some point. But I think that there's still a little bit too much of of a high risk, high reward kind of player. But then again, if he's able to round out his defensive game and still maintain that aggressive style defensively without, you know, getting caught in a a bad situation i think it'll work out still a lot of work but the upside is there um i think it's just a little bit too much but maybe not as much as that of uh um or even uh hudson at this point but again a lot of uncertainty there where yeah his offensive game is great but i still need to see more of his play without the puck but there Mm. are um certain points to his defensive game where he will round out yeah absolutely he's got he's got time still um it's fun that we have a couple uh a couple brothers of top nhl defense prospects on defense um like cole hudson and adam Yerchek. and you can see in both cases i think the younger brothers are better skaters and play kind of similar games i think adam Yerchek is doesn't have the the physicality that David does, his older brother. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has a lot of similarities. You're right. And we need to see that he can defend. Um, and I mean, it's still tough to gauge play in, in certain European leagues. At this point, we need a little bit larger of a sample size of high-end prospects coming from certain leagues. Um, and this will be one of those cases where, you know, maybe he got a little... He, he burst onto the scene. Uh, everyone loved watching him at Belenka Gretzky, but now league play will start. We have to see if he's the real deal or not, I guess. Um, and then quickly, before we before we take a little break here, someone that you think is underrated, uh, someone that's not getting enough attention so far. Matt, I'll come to you first. Anyone stand out to you there? Well, I'm pretty sure I mentioned him uh, in our early talk about, uh, I believe it's during the Belenka Gretzky, um, Adam Tiedelbach, uh, Vancouver Giants, hmm. and he's 32 on your list, Peter, but I think he could, he's a little underrated at 32. I think he could be even higher. Um, you know, everyone knows I love undersized players and super skilled, five foot nine, uh, really exciting player. Those eight, five goals in five games at the Olympic Gretzky was, uh, phenomenal. Uh, he's, it was probably one of their best players, maybe even their best player. And uh, very exciting to see him with the Vancouver Giants this season. Uh, Giants have started their season already. Uh, but, yeah, I'm excited to watch him all season. I think he could end up being uh, higher 
than 32. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, lot, lots of room for movement with some of those guys that are at this point in the year when you're making the list like this. These are guys that you're very intrigued by, but you just haven't mm -hmm. maybe seen enough of yeah. um, just, just quality-wise, uh, quantity-wise, I mean. Um, and uh I, I agree. I think there's there's definitely room for room for some change there on in this list with, with Tito Bach. Uh Peter, anyone stand out to you as being underrated by by the masses in the 2024 draft so far? Yes, and he as I, I said this before, you know where I'm going with this. Um he's number eleven, and that is Beckett Seneca. Yeah, um big fan. <laughs> big fan but not like i again i'm ranking him high because i believe in the skill set that he has and he's not getting as much attention compared to other like early rankings or preseason rankings that i'm seeing right now where maybe he's you know mid-20s into the second round i mean when you are the second most productive uh rookie behind michael misa um, then again, Misa missed a ton of games, uh, 45, but still productive with 55 and 61 games on a kind of average Oshawa Generals team. Um, you have the second or th uh, fifth most goals as a rookie. That's impressive results. And every single time I was watching the Generals, like I said, I've always been drawn more to him than I was Cal Ritchie scouting this season. And the shot, the creativity, the hands that he possesses, the ability to cut into the middle of the ice and catch defenders off guard, it's absolutely impressive. And I think he's going to have a big season. And if he was on the Holinka Gretzky Cup team, I'm kind of surprised that he wasn't. I'm pretty sure he would have been one of the top two or three producers on Team Canada if that was the case. I'm I'm that much of a firm believer in him. We'll see where the season starts, but you know, from what I saw last season, I'm still high on him that he could still replicate that. Nice, that's a great one. Um, I have too many to count. Not to count. I can count, <laughs> I can count that high. But anyway, I've just got a bunch of guys that I feel like need to get a little more attention. One is Ryder Ritchie. Um, yeah. I think. Uh, he kind of has gotten lost in the mix a little bit, I think, just with some of the amazing WHL talent the last few years. But um, I think he belongs pretty high up in the conversation. He was the rookie of the year in the WHL last year on an absolutely atrocious team that is hopefully on the upswing now with a ton of of uh, prospects from the, the WHL uh, Bantam draft recently. Um, tons and tons of talent. Um, watch out for Richie. Carter Yakumchuk, uh, Calgary Hitman, defenseman, very close to being eligible for the 2023 draft. And I honestly believe if he was, he would have been a first rounder. Uh, right shot defenseman, scored a lot of points. Um, a little shaky through some of the tournaments in the offseason, um, but I believe in him. And then lastly, someone who's got, I think you have him 31st, which I'm just happy to see him on a list. Simon Zether, yeah. um, Swede. Uh, he's a six foot two right shot centerman. Um, great skill with the puck. Um, good playmaking. He works really hard. He, he, he is really high compete level. The issue is his skating at this point. He's pretty heavy. Um, and that, you know, that's the kind of thing that, you know, if teams think you can, they can fix it and they think you have enough else going on, you could be a top 10 pick. But if they're terrified of it, then you could be a second rounder or a third rounder. We see it every year. Someone that we we think has a ton of skill and a ton of great traits, but the skating is just, it just scares teams off. So maybe, maybe that's what could happen with Zether. But 
I I am a believer right now. I think his skating is weird and awkward, but it's good enough to go with all of the rest of his his uh, attributes right now. I think he's a, a really good prospect, someone to keep an eye on mm-hmm. uh, as the as the year gets going because he scored a ton early on in the in Swedish Junior this year. So that's my pick. Um, let me see. Okay, we're gonna just take a quick break here, but we'll be right back after a quick word from the hockey writers. Interested in writing for the Hockey Raiders? If you have experience writing about hockey, are passionate about the sport, and are looking to take your writing to the next level, the Hockey Raiders could be the place for you. Here at THW, you will have the opportunity to hone your craft at one of the world's largest and most respected hockey publishers. You will have control over what you write, be able to seek out media credentials, and be supported by a large network of writers and editors. Plus, you'll get paid for doing it. If you're interested and want to know more about team openings and requirements, please visit the Write for THW page on the Hockey Raiders website. A link to that page is also listed in the description all right so peter you and i have talked about this outside of the show and uh, we just mentioned it a little earlier but i wanted to get some of your thoughts on trevor Connolly, um a prospect who an anonymous uh, nhl scout recently said and i quote uh he has top 10 skill and bottom 10 character uh so obviously trevor Connolly is a super talented prospect and i think we can agree that on pure talent roughly a top 10 pick um so what what went into you leaving him off your list at this point? Um, what what are your thoughts on Trevor Connolly right now? Yeah, he's he's definitely an interesting case. That is for sure. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that tweet was um sent out by Cam Robinson over at Elite Prospects where he was at the USHL. Uh, I guess like one of those early uh you know massive like tournaments or all star games, and. Uh, yeah, the fall classic. And that's where, you know, the top 10 talent, but the reason why he's not in there is because of that bottom 10 character. And uh, if no one is aware, the rank live did a good interviewer player in depth look at Connolly's um, past issue with a social media post where um, if you go to rank live, it's a great article by um, Jordan McAlpine. Um, it goes into depth about how it happened, what happened, and what he's doing to atone for that. And it's great. You rarely see that with some with some of the other instances that we've heard in the past where, you know, players are a red flag, something happens, and you really don't hear much of how they atone for their actions. At least you're seeing this with Connolly. But hearing this right now, how it's still bottom 10 character, um, I'm not going to jump to conclusions whether it's still off ice issues or maybe, you know, attitude, maybe just having like a little bit too much swagger on ice. Um, because we have seen that before where players do have a chip on their shoulders and they feel like, you know, they got something going. But I, it's still, um, a bit of a cautious approach for me at this point because I'm a, I'm one that values character and work ethic and whether you're doing the right things on and off the ice. That's big for me. And obviously, we're we saw in that article that Connolly's doing a lot off the ice to help grow the game, be more inclusive, and learn from his mistakes. But if there's still something happening right now that's still a bit that has a bit of an uneasy feeling with me, which is why he's not in my top 32 or even as an honorable mention at this point, until we could get some more info, I think that may change. But it's it's just me being a little bit extra cautious based on past events of what we've seen. But then again, bit of a different scenario because we have seen progress and people are saying that he has progressed. But we'll see. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's fair to be cautious at this point. Um, uh, we don't know Trevor Connolly personally. Um, we don't know what went into his mistakes and what he's put into um, bettering himself. Uh, and it's kind of tough to to place him. I mean, mm-hmm. on talent, we know where we could place him. Um, but absolutely, there's just there's more going on. Um, and I mean, you see people rise in the draft every year because of their character. Someone like Tom Volander at the uh, mm-hmm. at the draft combine like really endeared himself to a bunch of teams. Uh, just a really intelligent, mature uh, young man. And the opposite can be true as well. Sometimes players who uh, you think very highly of on the ice um, can have some other issues going on. Maybe Anil Yakupov, some teams putting him on the do not draft list, even though he went first overall for talent. Um, so yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird situation. We're kind of in limbo here a little bit. Um I mean, he's he's behind the eight ball a little bit. It's kind of hard to to change people's first impression of you. Yeah. Um, and it's tough to prove that you've learned from it and that you've changed. Um, so at very least, once teams get the chance to really get to know him and, and their scouts will get to know him throughout this year, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But once once teams really get the chance to to get to know him and meet with him, they they they'll have their homework cut out for them. They've got some work going uh, mm-hmm. to to make sure that that he's he's grown and learned from it but until we hear much else who knows so so i I think it's totally fair to to leave him off at this point um yeah we'll we'll come back if there's more to talk about trevor (laughs) connelly with this um okay so i've got one more question uh before a a fun little uh versus segment that i want to try out um and matt i'll start with you here um which prospect in the 2024 nhl draft are you ready to officially join the hype train for? This is the person you're going to be just championing the whole time. And it can be anyone. You could pick Max Celebrini if you're feeling pretty boring. I'm not going to lie. That would be kind of boring. But you can. He's really fun. So I'd let you do it. Cole Hudson. I, he's already, like, I think, I, I think I've already officially uh, pitched my uh, yeah, wagon. I did that a few months ago. Yeah, yeah his hype train already. Um, yeah, I, I do agree that he could, he's a bit, maybe a bit overrated because of his brother. You're thinking that, oh, he's going to be the same. Um, he's looking like he is right now, but, uh, I, I'm still, I'm still on board. I think he's going to end up being a really good, um, future defense in the NHL, but very early on, I am on his hype train. And then, uh, another guy I just mentioned was Adam Tiedelbach because, uh, he's already, um, and I, I always look for the undersized guys and look at how they are first and see how, where are they? And those are the guys that kind of uh, get excited about already. So he's, he's another one I'll officially add my name to as well. Nice. That's, that's a good list. It's a good starter. Good, good place to start out. By the end of the year, we all have like be more. a dozen or more guys <laughs> that we, that we're just cheering for like unabashedly, but uh, Peter, what about you? Who are, who are, I guess you can give multiple if you like, who, who are you joining the hype train for this year? Who are you, who are you really going to be? Uh, we're going to be pushing. I already mentioned them, Beckett Seneca and Katie Lidstrom, and you could just scroll back to Tang <laughs> Stamps uh, to hear us talk about or hear me talk about both of them. So, yeah, yeah again, uh, I, I, I'm i going to be championing, 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 yeah. championing, there we go, <laughs> uh, both of them this season. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, for myself, I'm just going to go with one for now because I, I need 
to keep seeing some of these guys to, to really decide on my others because I got to be choosy here. But uh, easy one for me is Michael Brandsig Nygaard, uh, Oslo, Norway uh, native. Well, I guess he lives in Sweden right now. He's playing playing in uh, Elsvenskin, actually, because he scored nine points in his first three junior games. And they're like, mm, maybe you don't need <laughs> to play there. He spent a lot of last year in the Elsvenskin, but they started him off in junior this year where he was clearly too good. Um, great shot, really good hands. He works super hard. Um, no real blemishes in his game right now. It's just how um, how high-end are his skills offensively and defensively. That'll just determine where he lands probably. Um, but I'm a big, big fan of of Nygaard, of, of Brandsig Nygaard. Um, and I personally think, I think... Where do you where do you have him right now, Peter? You have him 13th, 13. which I think is I think is fair. I think that's maybe in the middle of where people would consider him range wise. But I've I've got him pretty high, guys. You'll you'll find out later. But um, <laughs> he's going to be pretty high on mine. I just I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, best Norwegian of all time, maybe. Who knows? I mean, he'll be the best Norwegian prospect the moment he's drafted. But uh, who knows? There's more time for that. Um, okay, so now I want to get to this little versus series. And we talked about some of these uh, these pairings a little bit before. Um, and I might might try this out at, at times throughout the draft year uh, when we have people that we need a little bit of little bit of debate for. So it's not going to be too organized of a debate or anything. Yeah. Um, you're welcome to just say the name that you would rather have, or you can add a little extra, whatever you like. So Matt, I'm going to come to you first with the first one we have here. Cole Eiserman or Ivan Demidov? This one's pretty, yeah. I mean, this is pretty easy right now. Uh, I'd say Cole Eiserman because, like you said, he's already shown a ton uh, early on here. Um, Demidov, in spurts, I, I want to see more. Yep. Uh, just give him more ice time, and then then we can see more. And then, uh, yeah, but Eiserman right now. Sure. I mean, you would think that wouldn't be a, a big ask. Like, you have one of the best prospects in hockey. Play him. But actually, <laughs> they're just not going to do it. Um, so <laughs> who knows what will happen there. Uh, Peter, what about you? Iserman or Demidov? Tough, but I'm leaning towards Demidov over Iserman at this point. Um, I, I know, a bit of a shock, right? But um, <laughs> again, I, I, I just love the dynamicism, the pace of play that he plays with. It's always quick. He's always keeping everyone on their toes, and he just makes everybody look foolish. And not to say that Iserman doesn't have like a well-rounded game, but Demidov's like, you know, two-way play is a little bit more evident from what I've seen. And I I really like that, especially when he's I believe he's both a center and a wing, but I think plays wing more. Um Demidov. Uh so you know what? I I I think that with that, because of that unpredictability and how he's you know changing everything is his angling his uh speed all of that mm-hmm. he's a great shooter and playmaker too so he's kind of like a dual threat so I'm just gonna give it to Demidov for the time being yeah that's fair um I'm going with Iserman uh, I think Demidov of the top three in this draft probably has the most pro style game but that might be because he's played pro hockey more than mm-hmm. the rest of them so who knows but um Iserman I still would have above him just because the shot and his ability to to find soft spots and coverage and get open for shots is really impressive. And I think he has a real chance of being like a premier goal scorer in the NHL, like 40 plus goals. 
uh, several times in his career. I think that's that's pretty realistic for him at this point. Although there's a lot of projecting to do there, but um, I've still got Iserman. Um, next up, we have uh, the battle of the very large two-way defensemen who are going to be projects for the next few years in uh, Lev Shunov and Dickinson. Um, Peter, you have fourth and fifth, but uh, Peter, I'll come to you on this one. Lev Shunov or Dickinson? Dickinson, a really big believer in his game and how it could take like a little bit more of a big step forward. Um, I, I, again, it's very close between the two because they have similar skill sets. But this season, I want to see what Dickinson can do more and if he rises to the occasion of getting those more minutes with the London Knights. And, mm-hmm. you know, the London, you know, the Hunters don't give players uh, opportunities unless they're ready for it. I think he's ready. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's a strange pairing. Um, they both uh, are great defensively and physically, and they're very big, imposing uh, imposing forces on defense. But um, both of them have a little bit to prove offensively, I think, this year. And while the NCAA is going to be a lot harder to score in for Lev Shunov, there's actually some decent talent on on that team this year and uh, Michigan State. And um, I don't know. I'm going with Lev Shunov just because I I see a little bit of Owen power in his game. Um, and if he can really show the offense in the NCAA, then I'll, I'll really start to, to use that power um, comparison more. But it's close. Uh, Matt, what about you, Lev Shunov or Dickinson? Going Dickinson because I'll, it may be Lev Shunov my, the next time you ask me because <laughs> we'll see how he does in the NCAA. Uh, yeah. If he shows really well there, I'm, I'm going to pick him because, like I said, the NCAA is a tougher league. If he looks very mature there, um, I'm going to go with him. But for right now, I'm going Dickinson because he's shown a bit more uh, to me um, so far. Totally fair. Okay, next up, we've got some of the forwards in the the next group of forwards past that top three. Uh, and Matt, I'll start you off on this one. Berkeley Cannon or Costa Hellenius? Oh, it's a tough one because they're both <laughs> uh, super skilled and undersized and strong work that work ethic two-way games. Um, I can see why you put them together because they are a tough, tough one to, put, to go between. <laughs> I don't want to make um, your job easy. I'm going to go Berkeley Canton, though. Um, just because of his ability to be a clutch player, uh, that's a that's a skill in itself. I'd uh, be able to step up when your team needs you, and he did that a lot for Team Canada and the Helenka Gretzky. Um, ton of goals. <laughs> he, he scored a lot, and uh, and very very skilled uh, with and without the puck. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Canton at this point. I would agree with you there. I'm a huge Constantinus fan, and I will. I'd be arguing for his sake all year, I'm sure. But um, but yeah, I, I just Catton's offense is incredible. And I mean, it's easier to see that when he scores a ton of points in junior and like junior age tournaments. Um, and Hellenius is playing against pros, so it's not as common. But I, I think Catton, I'd be leading Catton as well for now. Uh Peter, what about you? Catton or Hellenius? Yeah, I'll make it three for Berkeley Catton. Um, again, what he was able to do at the Hunting Lake was just absolutely bonkers. Like, <laughs> like when he the team needed him, uh, needed their captain, he he showed it, and he leads on and off the ice, and he's just very strong in all three zones. So Berkeley Catton, nice. Okay, so this one, I, I know the answer for you, Peter, just by looking at your your rankings is quite quite the gap between these two guys, but I think, I think it's worth a little bit of conversation. 
Um, Henry Muse versus Charlie Alec, um, two big right shot defensemen in uh, in the CHL this year. So, Peter, what are your thoughts uh, on that one? Yeah, I'm going Henry Muse, and that's nothing against Charlie Alec. Um, I, I think that if he's able to round up or get a little bit more offensive production, I think he could make that battle or improve his stock a little bit more because he is more of a shutdown uh, defensive-minded defenseman, but some transitional game. But Henry Muse is, is already showing that he can produce on the back end very consistently. And I think he's up for a big year um, this season. And I think he's going to obviously surpass on his point totals and what he was able to do. And even his goal total, because I believe he hit double digits last year as well. So uh, I'm going with Muse. Yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, the, the gap between them on your list was like almost 20 mm-hmm. spots or something. So I think I, I think I knew that was where you'd probably lean. Yeah. But, uh, just curious your thoughts. Uh, Matt, what about you? Henry Muse, Charlie Alec. Just to be just to be uh, different, I'll pick Alec because, um, you know, Muse is definitely a highly skilled defenseman, but there's more, I don't know, the NHL needs more of these guys like Elick, a guy that's more that defensive, more modern day defensive defenseman, guy that can, I, I always I always compare to Jacob Slavin because, the you know, guys like that are maybe rare in the NHL right now because they, they can pair with a good offensive defenseman but can also produce a bit of offense. We'll see if Elick has a bit more offense to his game, but I think he could be a more valuable defenseman down the line. Nothing against Muse, but I'll go with Elick right now. That's fair. Yeah, it's it's a tough one. I think I might lean Muse just barely for myself. Um, Muse definitely has more to show offensively. Um, I said they're both large, but he's actually not that big. I think he's actually six feet tall. Um, and Alec is, is quite a bit larger than that. Um, definitely has more offense, better hockey IQ. Um, the skating, I'm not 100% sold on for Muse. Um, but, but he's a really great prospect at this point, um, right shot D. So that gives you a ton of value in the draft as well. Um, although I do really like Charlie Alec, I'm a huge fan of his and, um, watching him play defense in some tournaments this summer. I just, I can't help but think that he could probably step into the NHL sooner than most defensemen here and be a good defenseman. Um, the offense, like you guys mentioned, he's got a ways to go. I think he scored like 11 points all of last season. And he missed some games with an injury, um, significant games, but still, that's not a lot. And you have to, if you can't score points in the WHL, you're going to be in tough to do it in the NHL. Mm -hmm. So he, he might have a bit of a, bit of a low floor. Like he might not be able to be an offensive player in the NHL at all, but defensively, I just, I see so much potential. And I think you could see a uh, Dmitry Simashev type rise of a, a big defender who defends super well, but hasn't shown much offensively, um, shoot up the draft a little bit. Um, okay, so last up on this versus for now, um, Peter, I'll come to you again on this one. Michael Brancic, Nygaard, or Maxi Messe? Uh, that, that, this is an easy one. Uh, Brancic, uh, Nygaard. Um mainly because of the fact that he's quicker on his feet. He's got more agility and a better stride than Masse. Um, I, I both are phenomenal goal scorers, but also the power forward game that they both possess. I think uh, Nygaard has a little bit more of that tenacity and meanness to his game uh, along with the physicality. Um, Masse like, you know, buzzes around the net and he's digging for loose pucks. But I think, you know, Branson Nygaard and his size, I think it's going to work in his favor more. 
Yeah, that's fair. I think Massey, he's really good in front of the net and around the net, but uh, like without the puck, like he's good at getting in. But when he has mm-hmm. the puck and he's trying to trying to attack, I find he he kind of get pushed outside a little bit. He he struggles to to really charge through into the the dangerous areas mm-hmm. um, when he's on the puck. Um, still a great offense player, great shot. Um, the skating is terrifying to me. I don't think it's like disqualifying level skating, but it's 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 going to be tough for him to go early in the draft. He's got some work to do there. So Brantzig Nygaard is my guy here as well. But uh, Matt, what are your thoughts? Brantzig Nygaard or Massé? Yeah, I'll go Brantzig Nygaard as well because uh, I love guys with hard shots and he he has one. So uh, it, again, it's something that's exciting to see and hopefully in the NHL someday. But yeah, overall package, I think he's going to be end up, he could push to being a top 10 pick um, maybe. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Brantzig Nygaard as well. Nice. Okay. So we, we all agreed on that one. Okay. So that's, that's all for that for now. Um, I think we'll come back to this, this kind of uh, segment here, try to try to give some attention to some, some people who haven't got as much, which is why Celebrini isn't here. Although we had Demidov and Iserman. So like, <laughs> barely, barely counts like patting myself on the back for not including the clear number Celebrini. one in all of our yeah. eyes. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Anyway. Um, uh thanks for playing along with that we'll move on now to our prospect of the week the way we love to end our show each week so matt we'll we'll let you start it off who's your prospect of the week this week we're going with two uh and canucks prospects i because uh i'll go arshdeep baines and akito hirose i hmm. baines getting a, a super he had a great young stars uh classic i uh, showed well in that and then now he's getting an opportunity on the third line for the Canucks with P.S. Suter and Connor Garland in the preseason, uh, with Ilya Mikheyev out, I don't know. I, he's supposed to be back soon, but I, Baines is going to get an opportunity to showcase himself in the preseason. I'm excited to see him because I, I loved his game last season in the AHL. I loved his game in the WHL. I'm hoping he'll become a great energy player in the NHL uh, very soon. And then Akito Hirose, he's, again, really good led the tournament in scoring and uh, the young stars and uh, in the scrimmage this past, uh, I believe it was yesterday. Um, he looked really calm and collected on the blue line mm-hmm. and he showed that in the NHL last season as well. Hopefully he can get in not playing with Tyler Myers and well, at least with the groupings right now, but uh, I'm hoping that he can push himself into the opening night lineup because he's sure mm-hmm. making a case for himself right now. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like like he had such a good uh, showing at the end of last year coming out of college and, and playing for the Vancouver Canucks right away, not the Abbey Canucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it feels like for whatever reason, he lost all of that goodwill with the team and has to earn it again. But yeah. he's doing a great job of, of establishing himself again. So uh, that's that shouldn't be too big of a problem. Probably probably gets his opportunity soon. I think uh, those are great ones. Uh, I'm going to be a homer as well and do a Red Wings prospect. Uh, Axel Sandin Pelica, we've talked about him tons on this this show over the last year. Uh, he's playing in the SHL right now, and he scored goals in back-to-back games, uh, which is awesome. Um, and he has had the most or second most ice time in, in uh, I think, at least three of his four games in the SHL. So to be a recently drafted player who's slightly undersized, more offensively tilted, to be trusted with that much ice time... Uh, as a team on a team that is in the champions league as well in Europe. 
uh, is pretty impressive. So uh, I just wanted to highlight that. Exosandy Pelica, better than you think defensively, I promise you. <laughs> I say that to everyone that I talk to about him because it's true. You hear he's good at offense and you're like, oh, he must suck at defense. No, he's good at that too. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox and uh, pass it off to you, Peter. Who's your prospect of the week this week? Uh, Logan Cooley, who is taking his talents down under with the uh global yeah. series, um, scoring that absolutely insane, you know, goal. And we talked about it off the top of the show to see him do that in his first game. And I know it's preseason, it's not like the regular season where it, where it matters, but that's a good sign for a young prospect coming in that give that's giving this organization hope where. There's a lot of turmoil with their ownership, arena situation, and all that. But he's just an absolutely phenomenal and dynamic player. And that goal said it all. Um, You know, cutting in, spinorama, literally maintaining his balance, getting into a prime shooting lane, and getting that puck off. Um, Wow. Uh, Like, who would have thought that we'd already have a goal of the year candidate just like one game in or the first game that was played? Yeah. Uh, of the preseason so we're gonna see what obviously he's their top name at this point and he's given them a lot of hope and he's going to be an absolutely dynamic force as a rookie this year yeah absolutely i i just love seeing that goal um i don't know if you guys saw it the night that it happened or the next morning because like morning you, like yeah. peter you mentioned the the time <laughs> difference makes a makes a bit of a makes it a bit difficult to watch those games in mm-hmm. I think they're in Melbourne, Australia. So yeah, yeah, it's a little tough to get those, those games on, but um, just a phenomenal goal. Um, exactly what you should expect from this player, just dynamic skill, um, great speed just on that whole rush, honestly. Uh, yeah. He's probably a top six center for the coyotes on day one um, and might not be on the second line, <laughs> at least not for very long. So uh, yeah, this is going to be just a just a joy to watch him this year. It's going to be a really fun call to race. Uh, but that is going to do it for us this week. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Prospect Corner. Make sure you subscribe to the Hockey Writers YouTube channel to make sure you catch all of our new episodes. And also make sure you check out our site, thehockeywriters.com, for tons of draft and prospect content as the year starts. It's exciting. The 2024 draft starts. Make sure you check out Peter's draft rankings for all 32 and a handful of honorable mentions as well. Um, Really great stuff there, Peter. So thanks for letting us uh, grill you on that one today. Uh, but, But thank you, Peter and Matt, as always, for joining me. And thank you all for joining us on this week's edition of Prospect Corner. We'll see you next time.